0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the planet today with Matt Norton. Today is Monday, January 10th, 2022. I'm your host, Matt Norton, here once again with our producer and co-host, Nick Janusa. Nick, how's it going? Matty, it is going super well today. How about our first frickin' Monday show? Is that a joke? Yeah, I'm very excited for our first Monday show, and I'm already <laughs> glad we made the switch, so this is going to be cool. I should have asked you this on Friday. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Uh, I think,
1: you know, I never really do a New Year's resolution because like, I, I just never, you can never like really hang on to it. You can never like actually do it the whole year. I want to pick something that I can really stick to. And I don't know what that
0: is yet. What about you? Yeah, I actually made two and they're going to sound like polar opposites of each other. But number one, I want to read more for pleasure. Like, you know how much I read. And because of that, I don't often read a book in my free time because I'm like, Oh, I just read like seven news articles to figure out what's important (laughs) for the show. Whatever. I decided that I'm going to carve away some time and get into some more books that, you know, I've had on my list for a while. Um, I'm going to finish Dune, which I'm currently working on. Oh, Um, nice. Yeah. Rereading a couple other books that I've been meaning to get back to. And, uh, yeah, I'm also going to read another book soon that I, I won my fantasy football league and we had a bet, a side bet with a couple guys, whoever had the highest record at the end of the year, got to pick a book. So I picked Circe by Madeline Miller. Wow. Never heard of it. I'll have to check it out. It's supposed to be really good. It's a historical fiction, but yeah, my other resolution is actually to play more video games because I miss gaming. I miss the like 30 minute break from reality where I could just like zone out. And that's why I bought the switch and that's why I've been gaming the last week. It's been been really nice, Nice.
1: (laughs) dude. Yeah. Gaming is great. I I feel like I, it's always going to be a part of, of who this generation is. Like we're just gamers. Yeah.
0: Like some people just love gaming. Some people grew up drinking coffee. We grew up drinking Mountain Dew game fuel. All right. On that note, let's kick it off. Welcome to the Planet Today. Here on TPT, we cover the latest in climate change, wildlife conservation, renewable energy, and environmental policy, with two episodes every week coming your way on Monday and Friday. The show is your one-stop shop for all things environmental, whether you're just diving into a green lifestyle or you're ready for some more involved conversations about what can be some complex topics. TPT has a little bit for everyone, so we're happy to have you as a listener. And before we get into it, just like we asked you on Friday... Spotify has rolled out its rating system. So if you listen there, please go give us a five-star rating. And if you listen elsewhere, please go log into Spotify and give us a five-star there.
1: Yeah, and do it for Apple too. Okay, don't forget about Apple now. The best way to help us out is to give us a rating and review wherever you can, whenever you can.
0: Yeah, ratings, reviews, and sharing the show with your friends helps us more than you might even realize. So please take the time to do it. It doesn't go unnoticed, and we really, really appreciate it seriously
1: yeah and thank you for everyone who's done it before so really appreciate it all right time to play a little catch up from the end of 2021 and it's our first quick hit of the day first quick hit on a monday how about that ever and it <laughs> ever comes from tom levitt of the guardian and he writes netherlands announced 25
0: billion euro plan to radically reduce livestock numbers The Dutch government has been struggling to contain a surplus of animal manure related to livestock, and a deal to buy out farmers to try to reduce nitrogen pollution has been floated since September of this year. The plan was met by protests by farmers who have opposed any proposition like this for the past few years. They fear permanent damage to the country's food production if too many farmers are forced to stop farming. Farmers also say they want to lower emissions through technological innovations, instead of through scaling down on farming. And this is important because the Netherlands is one of the biggest meat exporters in Europe. But these farm animals lead to pollution and emissions problems domestically for the, quote, tiny country that feeds the world. The country has the highest density of livestock in Europe, with more than 100 million cattle, chickens, and pigs in total. Wow. The manure and urine produced by livestock releases ammonia, and that can present serious problems for ecosystems if it gets into lakes and streams. This plan aims to combat that by paying some Dutch farmers to relocate or to stop farming entirely, while helping them transition to more methods of farming that requires fewer animals on larger plots of land. It would result in a one-third reduction in the number of livestock in the country, which Dutch political leaders argue would move them away from the low cost model of food production that causes damage to farmers businesses and to the environment. Yeah. I mean, this all comes down to
1: three words and it's too much poop. And I can't believe I'm saying that because it, it, it's shocking that like a manure, like a, a surplus of manure has led them to this point that they have to scale back production on farming. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And what's funny, you know, the old, uh, what's it? The three L's of business location, location, location. <laughs> yeah. When you said this all comes down to three words, I was thinking methane, 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 which comes <laughs> off the manure. So, you know, I like yours a little better, <laughs> too much poop, but yeah, same T- idea here. TMP, <laughs> TMP, <laughs> too much poop.
1: All right, let's move on to our next one. And it is from Jennifer Luden who writes, Manchin says Build Back Better's climate measures are risky.
0: That's not true. By NPR. Joe Manchin thought he could sneak one by me. Coming out against the climate measures in Build Back Better (laughs) after our last episode of 2021. Well, guess what, Joe? You cannot escape me. (laughs) (laughs) So Manchin had basically been negotiating for lesser climate measures in Build Back Better for months before finally saying that the entire bill was a no for him. So this article breaks down four statements that he often makes, and more importantly, it fact-checks them. So huge shouts to Jennifer Luden for this one. And the first statement that we're going to get into, quote, "...the energy transition my colleagues seek is already well underway. To be fair, the U.S. is transitioning to renewables, but not nearly fast enough based on the free market alone." And while it's true, sometimes, that the free market breeds innovation, I don't feel that an entire shift in our energy infrastructure is something that the free market can handle on its own. And I know I'm not alone in saying that. So by saying the transition is underway as a means of voting against helping utilities speed up the transition to renewables is disingenuous at best. And hypocritical. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of what i was thinking but i figured I out we're gonna get into some more stuff that he's bothering me about so i didn't want to come out too hot just tear him <laughs> apart it's okay <laughs> all right number two to shift to clean energy at a rate that is faster than technology or the markets allow will have catastrophic consequences for the american people like we have seen in both texas and california in the last two years So look, that's a common talking point for opponents of renewable energy, like blaming solar and blaming wind for energy blackouts. But the references that he makes to extreme heat in California and extreme cold in Texas are both examples where energy experts say lack of preparation caused the blackouts. To be frank, not renewables. Renewables did not cause the blackouts. In Texas, federal regulators stated that natural gas supplies failed most dramatically, which is a fossil fuel. Since 2000, there's been a 67% increase in major power outages from weather and climate-related events. So in other words, our existing energy system is failing, and accommodating more renewable energy is a way to fix this, not hurt it. Number three, Manchin said his fellow Democrats want to, quote, Dramatically reshape our society in a way that leaves our country even more vulnerable to the threats that we face. (laughs) Climate change is a threat our nation faces. So I'm really not sure what he's getting at here. In October, the Pentagon said climate change is an existential threat that's already challenging U.S. security. And that increasing temperatures, precipitation patterns, more frequent, intense and unpredictable weather conditions are making existing risks worse. So if he wants to focus on something that's making us more vulnerable to the threats we face, climate change seems like a pretty good way to start that a lot of people in the country support. This is just like (laughs) at every turn he's he's
1: literally saying something that furthers the argument to like combat climate change
0: as fast as possible. Every sentence he says like, I, and I can't believe it. Yeah. I think the problem here is it's just like another case of we shouldn't let 70 plus year old people dictate our lives. Um, he doesn't have to care as much as the rest of us. Cause like, let's be real. He's not going to be here in 20 or 30 years. We will be. Yeah. Like our kids will be like, like it matters more to us because we're already starting to feel the effects of it, but we're really, really going to feel the effects of it by 2030 and 2040 and 2050. So anyway, last but not least, we need to talk about the fact that Joe Manchin is a coal baron. West Virginia has a long history of coal mining, and Manchin helped found his family's coal business that made him nearly half a million dollars last year as a sitting member of Congress. That business would be hurt by climate plans that aim to reduce coal fired electricity. But Joe Manchin would still be doing well because he received 17 different contributions from corporations in October and 19 different contributions in November which both were more than the previous four months. Each time Manchin publicly opposed Build Back Better and specifically the climate measures in Build Back Better, he saw corporate donations increase from PACs that donate to politicians opposing climate measures. So look, I mean, he really seems to be doing the whole I don't care if this hurts my constituents because I won't be here in 20 years thing. And we've spoken to this before, but West Virginia is one of the states with the highest flood risks associated to climate change. So... If you're a West Virginia senator and, you know, that's one of the imminent threats that your state faces, probably in your best interest to, I don't know, do something about it. And if the free market truly is transitioning to renewables without federal assistance, wouldn't he want to incentivize the utilities in his state to help with that transition? That way, the people who live there could benefit quicker. I don't know. I'm I'm not the senator there, so it's not my decision. But like this seems like a no brainer. It, it really is, and he's making
1: it—it's it, the classic, like, fear-mongering. That, there was one line you said that was just, like, the most fear-mongering statement. Okay, he said, uh, his fellow Democrats want to dramatically reshape our society in a way that leaves our country even more vulnerable to the threats that we face. Dude, are you joking me? Like, literally, climate change is the
0: threat that we face. Yeah, it's like that's the one that we need to address the most. Yeah, and, and it's the oldest trick in the book, right? Like you can't legislate so you start a culture war. Exactly. Exactly
1: right. And it's it's frustrating to see, and it's like it's overdone at this point. It's like, come on, dude.
0: Yeah, find a new slant. But yeah, it's just very frustrating that we have to keep talking about Joe Manchin. So let's hope that the climate measures pass soon and we don't have to worry about his vote anymore. But for now, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with some more quick hits. Build your own bundles from limited edition colors at valaalta.co and save 15% with code TPT at checkout. That's V-A-L-A-A-L-T-A dot co and code TPT. Go check them out, guys.
1: Valaalta dot co. All right, the next one up here comes from Gizmodo, where Molly Taft writes, the bizarre alliance between Texas climate deniers and New England fishermen...
0: Yeah, this is a very interesting case of the enemy of my enemy is my friend, where a conservative think tank slash climate misinformation group from Texas is teaming up with fishermen in the North Atlantic to fight the Vineyard Wind Wind Farm. The 84 turbine spanning across two locations wind farm was approved in May and is set to power 400,000 homes once it's operational. Despite the government and wind companies saying they've conceded parts of the initial layout to make the wind farm more fishing-friendly, the fishing industry maintains its concerns over the location. So six plaintiffs have sent this case to the first U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals to review the federal government's decision to approve the wind farm. And now they've teamed up with the Texas Public Policy Foundation, or TPPF. Molly Taft puts it very eloquently, this group is notorious for perpetuating some of the most batshit climate denial out there, including that frozen wind turbines caused the Texas energy blackout and that increasing carbon dioxide is actually good because it's plant food. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, and I mean, it shouldn't really come as as a surprise to hear that fossil fuel companies have funded this TPPF, the Toxic- Texas Public Policy Foundation.
0: Yeah, uh, of course, right? Because they're like... Hey, someone who's spending a lot of money on campaigns to make our stock go up. Let's send them some money, baby. Let's fund it. Yeah. It's also worth noting that this group's reach goes as far as Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis and Alaska's Governor Mike Dunleavy. So despite the name, they're a national think tank and not just central to Texas. This article also links to a trailer that the TPPF made for their lawsuit and If you're wondering, yes, that sounds just as weird to say out loud as it does to write. They made a movie trailer for their lawsuit, and it's just blatantly false for two minutes. So one commenter on YouTube named Ocean Exploration sums it up best for me. The amount of misinformation in this video is literally astounding. (laughs) Yeah, another commenter named
1: Justin Garrison said, This is literally the dumbest thing I've watched. Oil spills kill fish nearly weekly, but wind is bad? Okay.
0: Yeah, the okay got me. (laughs) It's like Yeah. Um, Yeah, so YouTube commenters fighting the good fight. I love to see it. And I also love the fact-checking done by Molly Taft in her article. So we're just going to read that here to save you the time of watching this video. Unidentified people in the trailer shot in an interview format intended to convey their expertise say... There have been no studies done on what turbines may do to wildlife. Not true. Make a weird claim that offshore turbines, quote, haven't worked anywhere in the world. Also not true. (laughs) And question the impact that pile driving the ocean floor and laying thousands of miles of cable may have on the ocean. Which Molly says, probably nothing too bad considering how developed the region already is. And also I want to throw out there, the internet is literally just a series of cables that spans across the ocean floor. So I'm not really too concerned with a couple more cables. But anyway, there's also this weird claim about electromagnetic frequencies that sounds suspiciously similar to one made in a lawsuit by Hamptons residents about another offshore wind proposal. And Molly Taft writes, as an expert said of that part of the Hamptons case, frankly, it's stupid. So to sum this all up, These lawsuits are made under the guise of wildlife and or the fishing industry, but they're really about protecting fossil fuel interests from renewable energy. Needless to say, here on TPT, we are on the side of clean energy, and I have a strong feeling that this one's going to work out just fine for the wind farm once it gets to those federal courts.
1: Yeah, hopefully. I mean, this, it's just, honestly, it's laughable. I I don't want to be mean, but it's just laughable, (laughs) like... Kyle driving the ocean floor. Like they should have gotten the guy who does like all of the Terminator uh, trailers <laughs> to do like the, the main voice for this. Cause that would have been way more uh, appealing to me and just audibly better. But uh, yeah, this is this is I'm sorry. This is just brain dead.
0: Yeah, there was a uh, there's a lot going on in that video. If you're listening and you want to watch it with a grain of salt then you're still not doing it right. Like you need the entire (laughs) liter of salt that you get from the grocery store to watch this video. (laughs) You need a whole can of Morton's
1: iodized sea salt in order to to watch this.
0: No free ads, but yeah, Morton's uh, you are officially the sponsor of this quick hit (laughs) (laughs) kosher. All
1: right. So let's get on to our last one of the day. And it is from the city where Samantha Maldonado writes, New York city banned gas in new buildings. Here's what you need to know.
0: Yeah, so a very quick story that I'm especially excited about. So if this is your first or second episode of TPT, Nick and I are both from New York and I currently live in New York City. So this story definitely made me proud as a resident. On December 15th, New York City's City Council passed a bill making it the largest city in the U.S. to ban the use of gas in new buildings and to turn to electricity for power. The bill set up a threshold for how much carbon can be emitted by a building, which limits the use of gas and will hopefully show other large cities that they can do this too. Some important stats, 70% of the city's greenhouse gas emissions come from buildings. In case you haven't noticed, there's a lot of buildings in New York City, so that stat <laughs> checks out. John Mandyke, who's the CEO of the Urban Green Council, says that furnaces, boilers, and hot water heaters emit more carbon in New York City than all uses of electricity combined today. Getting that heat from electricity instead of gas presents a huge opportunity for renewable energy to step up and make a big difference. The Rocky Mountain Institute estimates that this bill will save about 2.1 million tons of CO2 emissions by 2040, which equates to taking nearly 500,000 cars off the road. Some more things of note, the bill doesn't apply until 2024 for buildings with less than seven stories and 2027 for buildings with more than seven. So any large renovations that require a new building permit are also going to be impacted by the bill. And the same goes for affordable housing units in 2026 or 2028, depending on whether or not they have seven stories.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is definitely huge for New York City. It's the biggest, one of the biggest in the world. And in my eyes, it's the best city in the world. So this could be massively precedent setting for, for other uh, cities around the world, big cities around the world, um, in reducing their, their carbon footprint.
0: Yeah. And we talked about uh, at some point last year, Ithaca, New York is doing something similar. Yeah, that's right. Ithaca is much smaller than New York City. So like you said, big cities, if they're shown they can do this reasonably, let's just hope it's a domino effect. Yeah, exactly. Why not? So let's close this out with some good news and some bad news. The good Studies predict that this is going to lower the utility bills for many New Yorkers, especially once more renewable energy comes into the mix. People will also be healthier by being exposed to less carbon emissions locally. And the bad? No more gas ranges for cooking. Hot take, if you're a chef, please skip ahead like 30 seconds so you don't have to hear my trash take. But (laughs) I kind of prefer electric stoves. I grew up with one, so maybe it's nostalgia, but they're just so much easier to clean. Like I know gas cooks better. (laughs) I I had a gas range at my last apartment. I had one in college. It's so hard to clean a gas range. It really is. Dude, it's, I've had both before. I grew up,
1: same thing, grew up on an electric stove. It's, you're right. Electric stoves, really easy to clean, but gas stoves, they are, when you cook on a gas stove, you never want to cook on an electric stove again, to be honest with you. That's, that's honestly how I feel. Yeah. And then, then you go to clean the kitchen though. Right. True. True. <laughs> then you need like, you need the fit, thi- you need the, um, the special cleaner for it. You go in there with your hands and it's just, you, you almost need to wear gloves because you're going to come out with like the most disgusting greasy hands. If you don't, it's never as and clean as you want it for- to be after. Exactly. And then like two seconds later, you drop something that da- you drop like an egg down the thing and it's like, okay, well that was all for nothing.
0: Nick, you ever cook a little marinara sauce on there and it gets a (laughs) splatter and it just like, you're not paying attention for a second and the sauce bubbles over a little bit. Yep. Your gas range is never the same. Yeah. And even if you cook your tomato sauce
1: with the top on, like you're supposed to, it's still, when you take it off and it bubbles
0: over, boom, you're done. I don't know. Maybe it's just my my lower middle class upbringing speaking, but (laughs) I like a good electric. Gas is definitely better for cooking on, but- weighing the pros and cons. I'm an electric guy.
1: The only thing I really, okay. I know we're, we're talking over time on this, but (laughs) on an electric stove, the only thing I really don't like about is don't like about it is it's not a consistent temperature. Like when I want something to simmer, I'm going to lower the temperature to a point where I know it's going to simmer on a gas stove. When I'm going, when I'm trying to find that location on a, electric stove, it's harder because it's it's giving heat and then it's shutting off and it's giving it heat and it's shutting off. So maybe
0: burners where they're like consistent flow of heat that I think would be revolutionary. As always, we will defer to people smarter than us and say someone out there, make us an electric range with hey, the power Kenmore. of a gas. Get on it. Kenmore, <laughs> get on. It. I think that's a brand, right? Kenmore. Sounds, sounds right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> free shout out for Kenmore. If you're a, an actual brand that makes stuff. <laughs> if
0: not, uh, that one's on you. You should have been a brand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That'll do it for today's episode of TPT. We will be back on Friday for our weekly quick hits episode. Yeah. Our Friday shows are going to be
1: our quick hits and Monday can be more quick hits, an interview, a documentary review, or a feature story. Yes.
0: Yeah, so the way you can think about it as a listener, basically our old show, If you break that into two halves, Friday is going to be the first half. Monday is going to be that variety show with whatever we were going to be doing later on. If you like the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd also love it if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. The Planet Today is written and hosted by me, Matt Norden. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Norden. We are co-hosted and produced by the incredibly talented Nick Janusa, who also does the music for every show. Nick, where can our listeners hear more from you? You can
1: hear more from me at soundcloud.com slash Cape, And that is
0: B-U-D-L-Y-N-C-A-P-E. Go check me out. You can keep up with the entire TPT team on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at planettodaypod or email us at planettodaypod at gmail.com. Make sure to follow our socials for an exclusive quick hit every week that we won't be talking about on the podcast. Our logo was made by Kaylee Veets. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you right here on Friday. Peace.